okay. Hey, so if you're new here, we are so glad you chose to join us. ECC, we like to say that we are a church that's about reflecting the redeeming grace and transforming truth of Jesus Christ in Bloomington and beyond. And that statement used to be in a college town because IU is a really big deal. Um, that's what makes Bloomington unique, and you guys are a big part of who we are as a church. In the same way that Bloomington is lame when you're not here, our church is like way too quiet in the summer. We have piles of leftover donuts. What are we, like, we going to do with those? We freeze them. That's what we do with them. And they get stale. Um, that said, you all are so important to us. In this space, Connection, the reason we do this is because we want to have an opportunity to speak with just you and talk about faith in Christ in college, uh, this phase of life that you're going through. We also like to think of ourselves as a, re as a receiving equipping and sending church. We want to welcome new people in here. We want to build you up in your faith in Christ. And then we want to send you out to serve, to be ministers, right here in Bloomington, during your time at IU, and also when you graduate. So receiving, equipping, and sending. We're all about that. And this semester, we're making uh, certain that our teaching is really going to register with you and the things that you're going through in your life right now. We're trying to make a real point of talking about some university life issues and just young adult life issues um, from the wisdom of scripture, God's truth, that makes a big impact on the way you live right here and now. And so tonight we're going to be talking about reflecting the gospel in everyday relationships. I'm really looking forward to this, thinking about how the people we interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, thinking about how we can show them the love of Jesus Christ and the way that we treat them. And then next week, we're going to do something really fun. We did one of these last year. We called it a one thing community conversation. And basically what that entails is six different people. Um, some of them seniors. You can raise your hand if you're one of our speakers. I know you're out there. I've seen all of you except Aaron Brown. Um, three of our seniors and then some of our adult ministry team members, which are some awesome folks to know. Raise your hands. I've got some, uh, some secret people in the crowd. They're not secret anymore. I'm here to build friendships with you. Just so you can know some adults here at our church who've been around for a while. They're going to share one thing, not two things, just one thing about their faith in Christ and a topic. Um, to be able to encourage you, maybe you're thinking about that same thing in your own life and walk your faith right now. So that's what we're going to do next week, but tonight, reflecting the gospel in everyday relationships. Why don't I pray for us and we'll dig in. God, thanks for tonight. Thanks for this opportunity to be together and step away from the busyness um, of a new semester, the excitement of a new semester, and just think um, critically, God, about how we, as people of faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, treat each other, um, how we interact with each other on a day-to-day -day basis, and how we treat people who don't know you. So we just pray that your Spirit would be present among us, that you would speak to us, that you would guide us, um, that you would stir up our hearts to serve you and to love people well, and we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. So you all have heard this from your professors, you've probably heard it on the news, but the truth is that your generation is more connected than any previous generation. And so you're more connected, which means you have really unique opportunities, unlike any previous generation, and you also have some unique challenges, unlike any previous generation. You can pull out your phone and at any minute know what the people in your life are up to. It's cool, but it's also kind of scary. Um, we can pull out our phones and know what's going on in San Francisco or what happened in Hong Kong five minutes ago. 
newspapers and magazines are becoming completely obsolete. Like, who wants to sit down tomorrow morning and read some rag that gets your hands black and find out about something you quit caring about 10 hours ago? Like, the world is changing. Print media is becoming absolutely obsolete. And so our connectedness, it gives us real benefits. We can be so to the minute on what's going on. And think about education. How many of you have taken an online class? Have you taken an online class? I love everything about online classes except those darn forum posts where they tell you you need to respond to like two peers and be like, Billy, what you said is super interesting. <laughs> Bob gave me a really good tip. Bob's our senior pastor. He had to do those once. And he said my favorite thing to say was yes, but man, that opens a door right there. Because you can agree, still do the whole Billy, I love what you said, but then you can be the antagonist too, which everybody loves. And so that's, that's the main takeaway from tonight's message. But online classes, I love this stuff. I'm in seminary, which is like continuing education for pastors, and I've had seminary professors from all over the world. My professor this summer for theology was from Transylvania. Um, he was not a vampire. Um, he was from Transylvania. And then before that, my world missions class, my professor was from China. And so think about it. Here I am living and ministering in the church in Bloomington, Indiana. 30 years ago, imagine the difference that people had in their perspective on the global church when they were hearing from some guy who's lived in Kentucky all of his life. Um, my global missions professor was from China, and so his perspective on the global church, man, it blew my mind. It was so cool. Our technology presents us with such incredible opportunities. Listen to this. We have some missionaries here at our church whose full-time job is living in a closed country, and they connect with people over social media who are interested in finding out more about the Christian faith. And if these people respond to their website and say, oh, yeah, I'm interested. I saw your page. I'm interested in finding out more. They send them Bibles. They text with them back and forth message over the internet, sometimes they meet up and they can share the gospel with them. They can talk with them about what Christian faith is all about. It's crazy. You could never have done that 20 years ago. There are such advantages to the connectedness that we have. But here's the thing. We need to recognize that with every technology, there are costs as well as benefits. There's a give and a take with every technology, and many of those costs are ones that we experience on a daily basis, even though we might not even be able to put our finger on them, unless somebody pointed them out to us. For example, something that counselors are coming to see more and more in younger generations is that with our ability to gain information, to gain information and to send and receive messages so quickly comes a fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Have you heard of that? We hate the idea of not being in the loop when something happens. And this leads to real social anxiety for many of us. I mean, how many of you have lost your phone or had your laptop crash? Is that not like the most helpless feeling in the world? There was a guy who was here last week and I saw a phone sitting under one of these chairs after the service, and I was like, oh no, like this guy's having a traumatic life experience right now. <laughs> and so like, I went to his recent calls and called like the first people on his list, and so I finally got someone to pick up. Because I've been there, man. That's a terrible feeling. I'm missing out. Like, all those people who never call me, this is probably the one time they want to call me when I lost my phone. And so fear of missing out is a real issue in our generation. Many of the costs of our technology play out on a relational level. 
what we're coming to see is that while our technology connects us, it can also isolate us if we're not aware. Sociologist, her name is Sherry Turkle. She's an expert on this topic at MIT, and here's what she says this issue really comes down to. She says digital connections offer us the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. The illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. So technology makes us feel connected, but that connectedness alone doesn't provide us with the intimacy we really need on a relational level. We need to go deeper than just being familiar with each other and knowing, with, knowing what each other are up to. We need deeper interactions than that. And so we can have our phones with us and on 24-7. We can have Snapchat open and we can be Instagramming you know, every image that comes in front of our eyes and still struggle with loneliness. We're connected, but we can become isolated. And so technology, it can harm our relationships also by giving us this false sense of reality. I mean, on social media, we present ourselves as we want to be perceived, don't we? Every uh, picture of myself on Facebook is one where it looks like I have more hair than I actually do. Um, we present ourselves as we want to be perceived, don't we? we? We all play the game. And so as a result, we feel like few people really know the real us. Uh, if you post your honest feelings on every social media outlet, you instantly become that guy where people are like, oh man, she's at it again. You don't want to do that. And so we present ourselves as we want to be perceived, but this exacerbates that feeling of loneliness. No one knows the true me. And so technology, it can be such a benefit to us when we use it the right way, but there are some real costs and pitfalls that we need to be aware of as well. And so I want to think for the next few minutes about how Christian faith Faith in Jesus Christ can come to, the, come to bear on the way that we relate to one another in this time and place that God has put us in the midst of those challenges and opportunities. And something you've heard me say before, if you've ever been to Connection before, is that we believe that faith in Jesus Christ matters for every single area of life. We don't just go to church or read our Bible in the morning and that's our spiritual life. We believe that faith in Jesus Christ impacts the way we live in every single situation, in every relationship. And so I think that it's important we consider together how the redeeming grace and transforming truth of Jesus Christ impacts the way we live in relationship in the midst of some of these challenges. And so as we think about that, how does the good news come to bear on our relationships? We need to start with the biblical foundation for relationships. And that's all the way back in the book of Genesis. You may remember the, the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, we read that all people are created in the image of God. God has made us like himself. And so an implication of that is that every person matters. Every person is absolutely meaningful, significant, because God has made them in his own image. Whether they've trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or not does not change whether or not they're made in the image of God. Every person ever created was made in God's own image and is deserving of honor and respect. We also see in Genesis chapter 2, Adam in the Garden of Eden. You remember Adam. God created all things and pronounced them good, and he saw that Adam was alone, and it was not good. It was not good for it just to be God and Adam. God and Adam wasn't good enough, so it can't be just me and Jesus in my own life. We as human beings have a need 
for relationship. And God met that need for relationship in Adam's life by the provision of Eve, a partner suitable for him. And so we know the relationship between a husband and wife, that is the deepest relationship possible. The deepest human relationship that God has created us to be able to enjoy. But God meets our need for relationship on so many levels, not just with a spouse, not just with family, but also friendships, also with Christian community. We're drawn together as the body of Christ. And so scripture is really clear from the beginning that relationships matter. Our interactions with every single person is important. All those interactions matter. And we're not intended to walk through life alone. Then we move deeper into the New Testament and we see how the coming of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, takes our understanding of relationships even deeper. You may remember when Jesus was asked by a Pharisee in Matthew 22, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He was probably hoping it would be something really easy, like make sure if you touch a gnat, wash your hands, and then you're good with God. Um, but that's not what he got. He got something that's incredibly difficult. Jesus' response was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what Jesus is saying to this Pharisee here is that the love to love God and to love your fellow man is an appropriate summary of God's word. And so we need to think, how can we love our neighbors well? How can we love our neighbors as we love ourselves? I put a lot of energy into taking care of number one. How can I put that into loving others? And the New Testament gives us some awesome insight on that. And what it essentially boils down to is that real love is about emulating the unconditional, self-giving, sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. God himself who left heaven and stepped down to walk among us. We could never obey the law perfectly. We could never become moral enough people to earn our way to God's favor. But because of his love for us, while we were lost in sin, still making ourselves number one, God reached out to us with grace and he gives us new life through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he's done for us. And so that is our perfect example of love, the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, the love without condition. That's the gospel. First John chapter four, John writes to the church saying, this is love. If you want to know what love is, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And so that is the heart of the Christian faith. That's what it's all about. There's no greater display of love than Jesus Christ himself. And so we're called to reflect that. We're called to take the love of Jesus Christ that shines into us and shine it out into the world in the way that we treat each other and into the way that we treat people who don't know God. Think about the way that we treat each other. What did Jesus say to his disciples before the Last Supper? He said this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so as Christians, loving one another is a way for us to experience God's love for us. But it's also a way for us to show the world our faith as we're a people who are unified together, who look out for each other, who care for each other because God has made us one in him. And caring for non-Christians as well in our relationships shows them the love of Christ and it opens the door for us to be able to say, this is why I have the hope that's within me. 
And so our relationships matter. They matter with all people. Let's think creatively. Let's think critically about how we can show people the love of Jesus Christ in our context. And this has all been kind of big picture, guys. This has been a little bit philosophical here to start. And now I want to get really practical. I want to give you three pieces of advice to walk out of here with to help you reflect the gospel in your everyday relationships. And the first is this. Be fully present and attentive when you're together with other people. Be fully present and attentive when you're together with other people. Technology can do a whole lot of good for us, but face-to-face -face interaction is something special. There's something different about face-to-face -face interaction. Listen to this. This is straight from Scripture. John chapter 2, he writes to these brothers and sisters in Christ, I have much to write you. There's a lot he wants to say to them, but I don't want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face-to-face -face so their joy may be complete. And here at college, you have a special opportunity to be in community with each other, with your peers, with other Christians, with people who don't know Christ. Make the most of those face-to-face -face opportunities. Be present when you're with each other. Be attentive. That's what lets people know that you really care. Give people your full attention. And so, it's kind of embarrassing to me if I think about the amount of attention I give my phone. How much attention do you give your phone? Don't let your phone get in the way of building meaningful relationships and enjoying community together. Listen to this statistic. A 2015 research study said 82% of adults feel that the way they use their phones in social settings hurt their conversations. 82% felt the way they use their phones in social settings hurt their conversations. And so here's some advice. Take it or leave it. I would encourage you to leave your phone in the car or be mindful about using it as infrequently as you possibly can when you're spending time with friends, especially when you're in Christian community, when you're having intentional conversations that focus on Christian fellowship or times where you're trying to connect with non-believers. Leave it in your car or be mindful about using it as infrequently as possible. The second is don't let technology cause you to miss out on divine appointments. And I am guilty with this one because it is so convenient and easy to entertain ourselves, isn't it? Whenever I don't have any friends around or if I'm around people I don't know, it's so convenient to pull out my phone or pop in those headphones and go to my happy place. Um, don't let technology distract you from divine appointments. Opportunities to build friendships. Opportunities to encourage someone who's going through a rough time. Or opportunities to share the good news with someone who might not know Christ. The reality is, God can open doors anytime He wants. And I would hate it if God was trying to open a door for me to share some love, to reflect the gospel to someone, or to reach out with the name of Jesus to someone, and I missed it because I'm in the middle of a really good podcast. So don't miss out on that. Listen to this verse, Colossians 4, verse 5. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, Make the most of every opportunity. What I'm not trying to tell you right now is that you need to be super extroverted and like freaking out about evangelistic opportunities all the time. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying is be open to the possibility that God might use you even when you wouldn't expect it, even when you're around people you don't know. And so what that means for me 
is yeah, it's cool for me to have my headphones in when I'm walking from my car to the IMU, but when I get in there and I'm waiting in line in Starbucks, I'm like, all right, Josiah, take them out, come on. You, you never know when you're going to run into somebody. I have had the opportunity to build some friendships with random people. Like dudes I've crossed paths with running a few times, and I'm like, hey, I see this guy all the time. I might as well run beside him. And you know, after doing that a few times, you build a friendship, and then eventually you share the gospel. Like this stuff happens. I'm that guy who shared his faith with someone on a plane before. I'm that guy that I get nervous about meeting. That could be you too someday. <laughs> be open to the possibility that God might direct your path into someone else and that he might use you. So don't miss out on those divine appointments. And the last one is make the commitment to being in real community with other Christians. What I'm trying to say here is that scripture tells us that we can't live life as a solo project because community belonging is an integral part of who we are. It's not a take it or leave it. And so I'm going to share a word with you right now that I know that all of us hate. And that word is obligations. We all hate the word obligations, the fact that we might owe somebody something. But the truth is this. When God calls us into his family, we have obligations to one another. We have things that we owe each other. Not just things that are kind of nice if we do it every once in a while, but things that as a family we owe each other. And those things are to be with each other through anything. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A brother is born for adversity. So we're to support each other and bear each other's burdens. We're to encourage each other and build one another up. We're supposed to stir each other up to love and good deeds. All these, uh, these are straight out of the New Testament. If you'd like some citations, if you're one of those folks, I've got them for you. I'd love to email them to you so you can check them out. Stir each other up to, to love and good deeds. To seek growth in Christ together as we worship God. And to keep each other accountable to living in line with the truths of who we are in Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. Those are our obligations to each other. And so we think of obligations as a difficult thing. But man, when I live in accordance with the things that I am obligated to give to you as your brother or sister, uh, I will never be your sister. I'll always be your brother. Maybe you'll be my sister. When we live up to those obligations, man, life is such, such a beautiful thing. It's so rich when we care for each other as the body of Christ. Thank God for those obligations. And so real community and real friendship involves commitment. We have the opportunity to reflect the love of Jesus Christ to each other in our everyday relationships as believers and with the people we know who don't know Jesus Christ. They can know the love of God for them through the way that you treat them, as you give them your attention, as you show them care, as you make them a higher priority than your social media. We have that opportunity to show people the love of Jesus Christ on an everyday basis. And so it's, it is important that we think critically about the way that we live. A lot of these things, they're never on my mind. It's important that we think creatively about how we can care for each other well, isn't it? And so tonight we're going to do something a little different. We always uh, conclude with a song. Most of the time we conclude with a song unless we're doing a panel discussion. But tonight we're going to do a little different. Instead of a song, I'm going to pray for us just in a few minutes. And then we have some questions. I'm going to put two different discussion questions on the screen. Um, but they're pretty much like, when I say it's two discussion questions, 
that's like how professors tell you, like, you're reading 10 pages, but really every page is divided in two, so it's like reading 20, and you're like, you're a jerk. Um, <laughs> just questions with two sub-questions on each question, so I got you on that one. Um, but the whole idea is, go back here, grab pizza, get a salad, you all need your vegetables, even though your moms aren't here to tell you. Um, get your vegetables. And uh, go to a table, I'm going to put these questions up on the screen, and at some point, if someone at your table is feeling bold, take the lead and ask it, or just share. Um, I'm going to put them up right now so you can have them in mind, so you know it's not like, share your greatest insecurity in life, and uh, then everyone leaves and I'm left with tons of pizza. Those are the questions. And uh, so uh, let me conclude with just a few announcements here. We'll bring out these racks, and if you could put a chair on the racks before you grab pizza, that would be awesome. Also, if you're new here, something we like to do is every Monday, whoever preaches on a Sunday night goes to the IMU Starbucks and we hang out and answer any questions you might have. We also just like to meet you. It's really fun for me to get to know you guys on a personal level. I love those conversations, and so if you're ever like super bored and you want to come talk to me, you would make my day. Um, and so normally that's from 1 to 3, but I'm not going to be there tomorrow because I'm going to the involvement fair. And uh, that is also a spectacle if you've never been there. There are like 10,000 people crammed into a field. It's a good time. Well, why don't I pray for us? Let's pray together. God, thanks so much for this time that we've had together. Thanks for these students. I know that you brought them here to IU for a reason, God. I know that you directed the paths of each and every life that's in this room. Uh, we pray that you would help us to live wisely as your people. Um, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, that we would be ambassadors for you that accurately represent who you are. We thank you so much for the love that we've received. God, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray that they would just know that they are so welcome to be here, that we're so thankful that they're here, God. And I pray that you would just speak to them, that you would uh, give them people in their life to care for them, to lift them up and just um, be able to answer any questions they might have as they search for truth. I pray that uh, you would just be over our week as we go to serve you in the places that you've called us on campus. Um, the roommates that we have, the people in our musical groups, um, groups um, of campus involvement, our sports teams, wherever we're at, God. I pray that you would just give us love for the people that we're around, that we uh, might show them your care in the way that we treat them. And so we pray that you would bless our conversations tonight that we would just gain from our community, we would enjoy the fellowship, and we thank you for this pizza that you've given us. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, have a good week.